Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, and welcome to the show, everyone. We are going to be talking about the South region today. For the NCAA tournament, or as I like to call it, the land of misfit teams. Because, you know, out of all the regions, I don't understand how they could call this the second strongest region when, in reality, the situation is that there are more overseeded teams in this region than in any other region in the entire bracket. Uh, There were plenty of teams with flaws, and this is the region most likely to be an absolute crapshoot, and that's why most NCAA tournaments this year, I believe, will be decided by whoever can get this region uh, most correct, because there are a lot of points up for grabs here, and a lot of places to have missteps, so let's uh, let's get right to it by talking about the overall, uh, uh, well, the second overall one seed here in Virginia. Um, Virginia, you know, by all the offensive and defensive metrics, they are a top three team. They're in the Kempom rankings. They're the uh, number one team. They're ahead of Duke. They're ahead of Gonzaga. But the issue remains that no team in the modern basketball era, once you've gone past the years, uh, the early years of the 20th century with the Princeton offense, no team has ever won the NCAA tournament playing the slowest pace out of any Division One team. Virginia ranks 353 out of 353 of eligible schools in tempo. They move so slowly. I, I cannot stress this enough. The biggest knock on Virginia is the fact that while they are excellent in terms of efficiency... Excellent in terms of their defense. The problem is, is that I view Virginia as a team that will always put out a B-plus performance. Because they don't have enough possessions to blow you out of any game whatsoever. 
So the problem is that once it comes to uh, March and NCAA tournament time, a team that can shoot the lights out, play an A game, Virginia doesn't have an answer for. That was the whole reason behind the UMBC upset last year. UMBC played out of their minds. They were hitting a ton of shots, and Virginia couldn't keep up with it. it that was the problem. The other team hit shots. And, you know, it's a terrifying feeling when you have a team like Virginia that, on paper, you would say, yeah, they can make a run to the NCAA tournament. And I get the statistical metrics of places like TeamRankings.com, which I highly recommend people check out. Uh, And you have all these statistical measures that say Virginia is a well-undervalued pick by the public because of their continued lack of success in the NCAA tournament under coach Tony Bennett. I get it, but, you know, I look look at this team and I say that uh, with a guard like DeAndre Hunter, who uh, will likely be a lottery pick in the NBA next year, they don't get to showcase how top quality they are more often than they should. And I agree with Charles Barkley when they say, uh, when he says that Virginia plays as though they can only drive 65 miles an hour. And at any time they have to hit 70 and above, it's, it's like they're having a heart attack. You know, it's a case where I want to make a, I want to see Virginia do well because it's a good story. They run they run a great program. I just don't feel great picking and recommending Virginia as a pick unless you're in a bracket pool that has over 200 entrants because at least then you give yourself a little bit of differential and a pick that no one's going to have. When you're in a small bracket and you've got 50 entries or so, it's hard to put in a recommendation for Virginia because, yes, even though you could be a differential, Virginia could just as easily bow out at any point in the competition if somebody has a great day shooting the ball. That's the fear of picking Virginia. It's not the fact that they can't get there. It's just that the risk of them not getting there easily can bowl you over because the public is not on Virginia's side. Most people are picking Virginia to get knocked out sometime uh, in uh, in the uh, either the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8, depending on uh, some of the matchups. Uh, because, again, it's been just one of those uh, cases where enough losses and people just lose faith in you. So I've seen people have them going out to Wisconsin. I've seen them having them go out to Kansas state. Uh, we're going to get to that, uh, in a little bit, but you know, it, there is risk in picking Virginia. I, I just, uh, I just have to say that, you know, it's, it's one where I don't, I don't necessarily, uh, see the scenario where uh, Virginia can't get to the Final Four. I just have to say, you know, as part of the recommendation, take a look at your bracket pool. Get you know, if you have a sense of who's playing in it, that'll give you a better judge of uh, how to uh, how to roll with this one. Uh, but you know, from a statistical measure, 
yeah, you can play Virginia to make it to the Final Four. I can't say it's a bad play because by the stats, they should be able to get there. The recency bias and the continued history of the program tells you otherwise that, you know, they're just not getting there. But uh, we'll just have to table that uh, part of the conversation just so we can get to the rest of these teams. Uh, Mississippi versus Oklahoma, the 8-9 matchup. Uh, you know, this is a case where you can flip a coin. Ole Miss lost four of its last six uh, uh, regular season games and got knocked out of their SEC tournament uh, on the jump. So it, it, it's a it's a case where they're not playing well, but they're going up against an Oklahoma squad that also got knocked out early in their conference tournament. Uh, their only real quality win uh, this year was against Walford. And, you know, outside of that, uh, Oklahoma struggles uh, quite a bit on offense. I, I I look at this game as a toss up because, you know, I I I kind of see this one being a case where Ole Miss barely slides by, but they're not playing well either. So I I could easily see uh, them going down to Oklahoma, you know, depending on how you want to uh, slice this game. It's a point difference if it's a uh, if it's a plus uh, if it's just a, a one point game or if it's a, a point plus seed then you can get a little bit more weight to Oklahoma uh, you know it's just two teams that I don't have a whole lot of confidence in regardless the five twelve matchup between Wisconsin and Oregon Oregon you know. They stole a bit from a number of teams, uh, most notably UNC Greensboro, which was the last team left out of the tournament uh, by winning the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, Oregon uh, was a sixth seed in the Pac-12 tournament, which goes to show you how badly they played this year because the Pac-12 was horrendous. Uh, They come in with a 23-12 record. Uh, You know, the only thing I can say about Oregon is that they're coming to get her at the right time. Uh, uh, Peyton Pritchard is their offensive catalyst at, in the backcourt as uh, as the point guard. Uh, he's uh, he's averaged uh, uh, tw- nearly 20 points a game over the three games of the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, they're 18th in defensive efficiency, which is shocking because uh, normally Dana Altman's team are not very good defensively. But uh, they uh, they do a good job of uh, making you miss three pointers, and you know, I just uh, I, I look at the uh, the matchup against uh, Wisconsin here. Oregon has a shot, even though I'm not a big fan of Pac of the Pac-12 in general. Uh, Wisconsin's just not uh, that uh, talented this year. Uh, they've they've got Ethan Happ uh, being the biggest uh, difference maker on that squad. But, uh, you know, Wisconsin, true to form, they're going to play at a slow tempo. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, they're ranked 333rd in the Kempom rankings in terms of tempo. And, you know, it's just the way Wisconsin plays their basketball. They, they like rock fights. Uh, I would normally just say in a rock fight, you always take Wisconsin. But uh, this has been an aberration year for Oregon where they've had to rely on their defense more than ever before. 
I think if they can, uh, uh, they uh, they kind of do what they do and limit uh, the three point shooting, that puts Wisconsin in a bit of trouble here. So uh, this is one of those five twelve upsets I can see happening, just because uh, Wisconsin plays at such a slow tempo that they're not going to be able to pull away from Oregon. So it's a matter of who can hit some shots down the stretch in the second half, and that'll be the team that takes it. And uh, in the round of 32, uh, they're going to have a good matchup because uh, the 4-13 matchup, I think, is a clear case of, you know, the circumstances bearing out where you have to reevaluate the squads because Kansas State, even though they're a four-seed, Dean Wade, he still hasn't gotten real clearance as if he's going to play or not. Uh, Dean Wade was uh, the number one offensive option in Kansas State. Uh, their best rebounder. Uh, it's it's one of those uh, issues where, yes, they have a top ten uh, type of defense in terms of efficiency, but they play at a really glacial pace and their best offensive weapon may not even play in this opening round game. Whereas you're going up against a UC Irvine team that's on a 16-game winning streak. They hold their opponents to 40% shooting on two-point baskets, which is the best in the country. You know, they do a decent job from three-point range as well. I I look at this as as a case where Kansas State's going to struggle to score even if Dean Wade plays. If he doesn't play, this is at best a pick'em game that most people aren't even viewing as a pick'em game. So to me personally, if you're doing a, a bracket where you're getting uh, the value plus the seeding of the team or you're getting upset points, you see Irvine's the pick here. I, I, I look at this as uh, from an expected value standpoint – UC Irvine is the pick here because even if Kansas State gets the win, uh, the next round, they're not going to match up well against Wisconsin because Wisconsin does what they do and they're healthier than uh, Kansas State. And if it's a matchup against Oregon, Oregon just played Wisconsin, which for the same reason I said, if they can get past Wisconsin, they can definitely get past uh, Kansas State. Uh, the wild card in here is UC Irvine. If UC Irvine can some uh, can get past Kansas State, that opens up the door to them because again they're going to be playing a very similar style opponent in Wisconsin. They can win that matchup. If it's against Oregon, then you can uh, you can flip a coin and Oregon uh, might get past UC Irvine. But I, I think you're going to see a double digit seed uh, playing Virginia in the round of 16 which is the best-case scenario for Virginia, to be perfectly honest, in getting to the Final Four, uh, is by playing uh, higher-seeded teams than they were originally slated to do uh, because of the overseeding. Then we come up to the 6-11 matchup, and how Villanova, despite winning the Big East regular season title, the Big East Conference uh, Championship, got placed as a six-seed it's uh, while Marquette got the five seed. It, you know, it, it, these are the things that nit, I can nitpick to death with the NCAA about cherry ch- picking matchups because the logic, when you apply it on a, a grander scale, doesn't make sense. And they can say all they want about uh, paying attention to teams' travel schedules. 
they are cherry picking matchups that they want. Villanova didn't get any benefit of the doubt in terms of their seeding, but in terms of the bracket itself, this opens up nicely for Villanova. This was supposed to be a down year for Jay Wright and his group. They struggled in the second half of the year, but I will say this for the Wildcats. They have experience with these guys on the bench uh, for a lot of the championship run. Uh, I I, I kind of look at this as, uh, you know, a case where, no, Villanova's not going to win their third national title in four years, but they can make a run. They can absolutely make a run uh, just due to the standpoint that, uh, the, you know, their defense isn't that great this year, but they still have a potent offense and they're in a weaker bracket because uh, St. Mary's uh, got in with uh, the automatic qualifier uh, spot because they upset Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference uh, final. But the issue here is that uh, uh, St. Mary's is not that... I mean, they, they, they got... They look good from a statistical model standpoint, but from an actual performance standpoint throughout the year, they lost twice to Gonzaga by a, 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 a four, four, uh, like one one game by forty eight points, uh, and another matchup by double digits before upsetting Gonzaga. So part of me feels as though that win against Gonzaga had to do with Gonzaga just looking past St. Mary's and not paying attention to the, the final of the conference tournament. So I have a tougher time seeing the Gales as a stronger competitor. I think Villanova takes care of business here. I can't pick an upset uh, with this one. You know, I know s- some of the models are saying this is a closer matchup. I just don't see it. You know, if I, if I get beat with Villanova, I get beat. But uh, I like Villanova to be able to make a run here because – in the three fourteen matchup, you got Purdue against Old Dominion. I'm not a fan of Purdue. I think they're the uh, they're a very weak three seed. Uh, Texas Tech is leaps and bounds a stronger team uh, than Purdue, in my opinion. Uh, LSU, even with all their uh, off the court issues, a better team. Houston's a better uh, three team uh, three seed. Uh, you know, Purdue got a. a a favorable draw if they can make uh, they can make a run here. I don't think they're deserving of it. I think they uh, they would get beat by Villanova, uh, but uh, they're going up against an old Dominion squad that uh, does play very good defense. Uh, you know that's that's their calling card. Uh, they don't really do much else in terms of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that'll like uh, that'll uh, move the needle in terms of a team. They're they're only uh, they're they're ranked 113th in the Ken Palm rankings for a reason. Uh, you know their offense is not great. They play a really slow tempo. This game against Purdue is going to be a boring game. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I'm watching every one of these games anyway, but I will most likely end up fast forwarding through this one once I once I see it on replay because I can't see. Purdue and Old Dominion lining up the scoreboard here. This game's going to be played in the low, low to mid fifties. Uh, maybe uh, Purdue breaks sixty, but you know, I I just don't see a whole lot going on with this one. But uh, I'll take Purdue. But I I like Villanova's chances against Purdue straight up in the in the round of thirty two. 
Cincinnati against Iowa. So the 7-10 matchup. Uh, Iowa just had a horrific stretch uh, down uh, down the end of the year, uh, losing six of the last eight. Their coach, Fran Dumphy, getting suspended for arguing with officials after uh, an official uh, uh, threw out Dumphy's son, who's also on the team from a game. It, you know, it just wasn't a good look. Uh, Iowa did not finish the season strong. They're not very good from a defensive standpoint. They're 115th in efficiency. Uh, while they do score at a good clip, they're 15th in offensive efficiency. It's just the disparity of what they give up on offense uh, because they're giving up so many cheap buckets on the defensive end. I just think Cincinnati is going to go in and just maul them. Uh, Cincinnati is a, still very good at crashing the boards because they can't shoot from range very well. So, uh, you know, Cincinnati is still going to be a team that uh, is highly dependent on being able to get rebounds because of their lack of three-point shooting. Uh, So I'm going to look at this as a case where Cincinnati, I expect them to get the win here. It's not going to look pretty, but they should be able to beat up on the glass against Iowa and get the job done. I don't see an upset happening here. And then comes our number two seed in Tennessee, playing as the representative of the Patriot League, Colgate as the 15th seed. Here's the case for Tennessee. Tennessee has excellent balance in scoring. Admiral Schofield is a load to deal with in the paint. Tennessee has uh, quite uh, possibly, and here's the thing. Uh, Schofield, even though he's a guard, is a great three-point shooter and can get into the paint. You know, you uh, the uh, Vols were the AP number one team for weeks on end in college basketball, and everyone kept questioning, is this team for real? From a metric standpoint, they have some of the most wins in uh, the NCAA against uh, top-ranked teams. Uh, they are third in offensive efficiency. They do a great job. I can't knock Tennessee as an actual team. They 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 do a good job defensively as well. The reason I have an issue with Tennessee is their head coach Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes is a master of doing less with more than any other coach in the NCAA tournament. I I cannot stress this enough. Rick Barnes has a 22 and 23 record in the NCAA tournament and is 38 years as a head coach. You know, yes, he's made the final four, but that was back in 2003 in uh, with Texas. He has 11 first round losses in his career in the NCAA tournament. His teams do not play well in the NCAA tournament. This is a guy who managed to get blown out by Tim Floyd, another college coaching reject, when he had Kevin Durant on his team. No one even remembers Kevin Durant playing for Texas because of how badly they got embarrassed in the NCAA tournament when Durant was a consensus All-American player and was one of the best players in college basketball, and Rick Barnes still got bounced early. I cannot stress this enough how little faith I have in Rick Barnes coaching this Tennessee team. The team itself, 
loaded with talent. They have the ability to get to the uh, to the Final Four. I just have no faith in their coaching staff, and that's a big problem because a lot of the NCAA tournament hinges upon coaching and being able to get the best out of your players on a short turnaround basis. So when they're matching up against Colgate, that can stretch the floor and have a number of big guys that can shoot three pointers because they've got two guys uh, that shoot over three. Uh, uh, oh, I mean that shoot over forty percent from three point range. Uh, in particular, the six ten Rapolas Ivanovskis. Uh, you know, he can he can stretch the floor. Colgate can give Tennessee trouble because most of the time, what I've seen out of uh, Barnes's teams out the gate uh, for NCAA tournament games is they start slow. They don't get into a rhythm until the second half of the game. And Colgate's not a team that you want to have hanging around because they can shoot three pointers. And all it takes is a couple of buckets in the second half. You got a tight game on your ball, hand, uh, on your hands and you got the crowd cheering on for an upset and you got everyone turning against you. This is, Tennessee should be able to travel well enough with their fan base, but I don't necessarily like where, because uh, this feels like a story where Tennessee gets bounced early, whether it's uh, a surprise upset win against Colgate, uh, I mean, a loss against Colgate. I don't see it happening, but even then, it's a tough matchup in around the 32 because Cincinnati is going to be playing in Columbus, Ohio for that round of 32 matchup against Tennessee. So Tennessee is going to be playing on the road in Ohio against Cincinnati. That's a very physical team. I can see a scenario where Cincinnati pulls off the upset and people are going to say it's a shocking upset. And I can't say that it's that shocking because it's a matchup that doesn't really play great for Tennessee because of how well uh, Cincinnati plays defense. You know, it, it's a case where Tennessee is going to have to shoot the ball well from the outside portion. And, you know, not for nothing, I, I, I've just seen this story too many times with Rick Barnes's teams where they just come out flat. I can't put my finger on what's, what happens from a coaching perspective, getting the players ready, I've just seen it happen way too many times. This Tennessee team is very capable of getting all the way to the championship game. They've been that good during the regular season. The problem is I have less faith in Tennessee than I do Virginia, which is which is a scary proposition to say, but it's, it's the truth of the matter. So um, that's where I kind of size this one up because, you know, when you're judging this South region, it's going to be coming down to how you feel about Virginia, how you feel about Tennessee, and do you think Nova has a run in them? I think Nova has a run in them. I don't really have that much faith in Tennessee. But if there's any year where Virginia can make it to the Final Four, it's this year because this is a this is a bracket uh, region where there's just... N- I don't see enough threats to Virginia in the top half that would give me trepidation. Uh, It's more who they face out of the bottom half of the draw, and I think it comes down to Tennessee or Villanova, but man, oh man, do I have a lot of concern about Tennessee in that Cincinnati matchup, uh, potentially in the round of 32. 
uh, because again, it seems ripe for an upset and I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. So, uh, that will do it from my perspective on the South region. Uh, you know, obviously take a listen to, uh, my breakdown of the other regions, but, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, this, uh, this, uh, potential for a final four matchup, I still think overall, this is a Duke year. I mean, it's been the Zion Williamson show all year. Uh, for folks who haven't seen him play, uh, definitely check out the tournament to see him. Even if you hate Duke, uh, Zion is probably going to be one of those NBA players you're going to have a fun time watching for the next couple of years because of the f- athletic feats he can pull off. You, you just kind of shake your head at a guy his size being able to move that well. Um, you know, out west, we're going to see if Gonzaga can actually make a run in, in the tournament here and actually get to the Final Four. They got some stiffer competition than Virginia does, but uh, you know that's uh, that's the way it's, it's it's shaping up. And then in the in the Midwest region, coming down to Carolina and Kentucky, uh, I, I just think that there's so much further ahead of some of these other squads that you know it's it's a it's a really nice matchup in the Elite Eight if we can get that pairing of North Carolina Kentucky, similar to how. They, they paired up Duke and Michigan State. If that matchup happens in Elite Eight, I, I'd be looking forward to Carolina-Kentucky as well uh, w- uh, between the two basketball blue bloods. So uh, that'll do it for my review of the NCAA tournament. But uh, thanks for listening, and uh, best of luck in all of your brackets, folks. And uh, just remember, pay attention to the scoring format because that's really where you're, you're going to be able to see some dividends if uh, if you play your cards right. So uh, that's all for now, and uh, have a good one. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.